tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please remember to drop a sub, drop a like, and leave your thoughts down below in the comments. With that, we will see you guys in the podcast. Welcome, Rich, to the World XP Podcast. It's been, uh, you know, I've been trying to get you to come on here for forever, but, you know, you've been busy shooting Chelsea and, like, doing other important things. So you finally made finally I'm finally here. <laughs> Welcome, I don't dude. still normally, so, you That's know. fair. I appreciate you taking the time to, to to come talk to, well, me, but everybody else as well, because I think um, a lot of the people that will listen to this probably, at least from the soccer world, have seen your Instagram or your uh, watermark on the pictures pop up in different places. So I think people will be, fingers crossed, interested in this one. So welcome. Appreciate it, man. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You know, this. I'm much better now that I'm talking to you. Yeah, hey. Uh, <laughs> Way to be. <laughs> also, side note, um, housekeeping before we get started. Rich's shirt that he's wearing currently, if you guys want one. DM him because the new logo is sick. I put the old logo on my water bottle and a week later, they're like, I'm changing my logo. And I was, you know, I have it actually on here somewhere. I don't know if hey, there it that is. one, but yeah. <laughs> a week later, new logo. I, like, I know. Oh, I have a stack sake, of Rich. business cards with my old logo on it. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting new ones until these ones are gone. Even no, you, should, you shouldn't. Cooler, but, you know. I, I wouldn't either if I was you, to be honest. It's, uh, things cost uh, I money. I spend money on those. So. Yeah, exactly. You things cost money. <laughs> it's like I'm not, I'm not getting a new shirt design until all the other ones are gone. It's like exactly. no, no exactly. shot. No, right. I'm so excited for the new merch store to, to open up. Uh, it's a local company out of Virginia Beach called Fidgety uh-huh. Fan. And uh, they're very uh, cost efficient, and which my other – uh, merch store was not so I am going to enjoy working with them the process has been very very easy so far so you know knock on wood it keeps going and um, everybody seems to like the crown and yeah it's good you know, I think it'll stand out a little bit more on uh, watermarks on photos and stuff so yeah it looks good I I saw it and I was like that's a good, that's a nice change definitely for sure all right down to business Rich how in the world did you get into photography because when we talked before you were in upstate new york um and started photography what a year and a half ago a year ago year and a half ago something yeah. like that so about and, march and of now you're 21 yeah and now you're shooting chelsea and most photographers that i know who started a year ago or a year and a half ago are not doing that uh, but somehow you managed it so how did you get started in that and how did your we'll say meteoric rise, right? <laughs> how did how did that happen? Because it's very difficult and like I feel like the market is very saturated. You can go anywhere and find a photographer that's half decent, I, I'd say. So how did you do that? And I guess lots of things, but like go for it. Yeah. So uh during COVID in twenty twenty, um I went home to uh New York to help my folks out um back home and you know, do the grocery shopping and do all that kind of stuff for them. But uh, so I was home for a long, for quite a while, about a year and a half. And um, during lockdown, like, you know, obviously nothing was open. The malls weren't open. Um, Just there was nothing to do. So a bunch of, a couple of my friends and I started um, hiking. So we have the Adirondack Mountains um, and we have quite a few mountains up through New York. And uh, so we started the Saranac Lake Sixer Challenge and I got a camera to start vlogging some of those hikes. And so 
during, you know, the beginning phase, I guess, of COVID, um, I was vlogging quite a bit. And that kind of just naturally progressed into photography because um, we finished the Sierra Lake Sixer Challenge. And I was like, I had this nice camera and now I don't have anything to do with it. And uh, one of my friends uh, had just had a baby and asked me, um, you know, do you do photos? And I was like, you know, well, I can. And <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, you know, I'll test it out. And if, they're, if they're any good, you can post them. And if they're not, then you know, just hide them, delete them and make sure nobody sees them. So she liked them and she posted them. And from that post, I had three people uh, get a hold of me like the next day. Um, she she gave them my email and uh, they were like, you know, we want a family session. Somebody wanted a couple session and somebody wanted like engagement pictures. And I was like, whoa, whoa, like, you know, I've never, I've never done this before. Like you gotta, yeah, give me a minute to get my bearings. So um, I just did a lot of research, a lot of YouTube. Um, this is extremely helpful. There are a lot of like very, very good professional photographers who share just little nuggets of information. And, you know, I just acted like a sponge and just absorbed as much as possible. And um, I actually went back through some of the photos that I did for those first couple of shoots. And I cringe now because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like those those are so bad. I actually redid one of the uh, one of the newborn ones and sent it back to my friend. And I was like, hey, this looks much better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I figured from everything that I gathered on YouTube and, uh, and just researching across the internet, I figured that I would just jump in at first and do everything, you know, as, as big as possible and, and, and just do things the right way by making an LLC, um, you know, filing taxes, doing all that kind of stuff, getting my tax ID, and just making uh, this a business right off the bat. Um, everything that I had looked into just pointed in that direction of, you know, it's just, it's, it's easier, it's better for you. You look more professional when you have a professional website and business cards and, you know, you're an LLC, so you're not just, you know, rich taking pictures, <laughs> um, you know, rich images. So that's how rich images photography was born. I, I liked the uh, when I was looking at making the name, I, you know, liked my my name, but I didn't want to put my full name into it because I feel like every photographer is, you know, John Doe photography or, you know, whatever. So yeah. um, I liked the the pun of like rich images being my, rich being my name, but rich also meaning like high quality and, and good photography. So yeah. that's how, that's how I got started. And uh I was lucky enough that there was a local uh, NPSL and UPSL team in my area, um, which that's semi-professional soccer. And uh, I just emailed, I emailed a bunch of teams. There were four within an hour from where I lived and only one of them got back to me. Um, I didn't have a portfolio. I had nothing to offer them as like proof of work or anything. So there was one team, they were brand new that year, and they, they took a chance on me. And from that, uh, the bigger club in the area saw my work. And when we played against them, they approached me after the game and said, hey, we'd love for you to come shoot with us. And uh, I still shoot with them today at Syracuse FC. Um, I actually am uh, their social media manager. And when I'm back in New York, I shoot uh, photos for them. So... Um, really grateful to them. 
but uh yeah from there i went uh i ended up last summer i had only been shooting for maybe five months at the time four or five months and i ended up getting uh using those npsl and upsl photos as proof of work to get into a new york red bulls game for mls and normally they don't let you in to shoot you're just shooting for portfolio work but i think with covid uh they were a little strapped on you know the media personnel not you know some media weren't working um just because of the the pandemic and whatnot we had to wear masks and all that but i drove down to new york city it was about five hour drive and uh, i got to shoot the new york red bulls against i think it was atlanta united and uh it was it was awesome and i ended up shooting several other mls games last fall um i I went down to atlanta united and shot there um i shot the philadelphia union against new york city fc in the eastern conference final um that was awesome nycfc took advantage of uh philly union they were missing some guys uh, due to covid and Mm -hmm. uh nycfc won so that was pretty cool i got to get the picture of them hoisting the trophy with the yeah that's a great shot all that's a great that. shot. And uh, I did the NCAA D3 soccer uh, final four for men and women's soccer. So that was uh, that was kind of a, a cool event where it was me, the photographer from NCAA who was shooting. And then there were like a couple of media outlets, but like they were like bigger name news outlets that were there shooting. So I was in pretty, pretty good company. Yeah. Um, at the New York Red Bulls game, I actually was seated next to somebody and we were chatting through the first half. And at halftime, I asked him what his Instagram was so I could follow him or whatever. And, you know, that's kind of like what our, us photographers do at these things is just network. And and uh, he gave me his Instagram or whatever. And I'm typing it in. He's like, yeah, I had the night off of work tonight. So I thought I'd come over and shoot some Red Bulls. And I pull, I pull up his Instagram and he's the New York Jets photographer. so i was like geez like here i am with like uh i was like renting lenses from a website um because i needed like the longer lenses i don't want to spend like four and five grand for a lens right off the bat and and here he is it's probably his own you know his own setup he's got a long huge lens and, and he's a new york jets photographer with the night off and i'm you know some redneck from upstate new york So, but yeah, that, and it just kind of like, it, it accelerated much quicker than I thought. Um, I started out, I was shooting like everything. I was shooting newborns, family photos, senior photos, uh, you know, some sports, this, like just everything. And then when I, you know, kind of niche down a little bit to just sports and like I do portraits on the side, but when I kind of declared like I'm going to do sports as my main thing it just started accelerating. Like it was just like gas on the flames and like, you know, it just took right off. And it, it was, it was crazy. I had the opportunity to shoot uh, MLS cup, the final, and mm-hmm. I turned it down because I was waiting to hear back about a credential for the U.S. Men's national team game the following week. And I knew I couldn't do both. So I turned down MLS cup and the next day, they told me I didn't get the credential for the U.S. Men's oh. game. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I could have got the MLS Cup. That's all right. But we won't it make mistake again. No. We'll, we'll not be greedy, I will say. <laughs> no, I don't even know if that's being greedy or not. Like, 
you had got your that would have been a portfolio like an, an expansion on what you'd done because you just did the conference finals so it's like yeah from, not that it's like the same but also it's like the same the national it team is, would yeah. have been and it, was different... New York, it was new york city fc and i just shot them yeah. and then i they were the same team that i had shot when i went to atlanta united it was against yeah. uh nycfc so i've been three times with the same team so that was kind of my thought process and i haven't shot the u.s men yet so i was like oh i you know i really like to shoot that game it was just a simple friendly so i thought that i had a pretty good shot of getting into it yeah but uh you know it, it is what it is but I got to shoot the U.S. women's national team game in February of this year. So yeah, you know. So how much have out. you been? How much have you been like putting yourself like to to get into <clears throat> these events? Like how much or like the NCAA one, for instance, or like even like ECNL or like for us, uh, us being the fire. Like how much is the, you reaching out versus people reaching out to you? Because like for us. Um, our owner was like, oh, yeah, there's some photographer coming. And, I, like, he made it, like, sound like not that you weren't, like, a professional, but he was like, oh, yeah, some guy just emailed me. And I was like, all right. But then, like, I looked at your stuff, and I was like, why are you here? Like, you, you, shot, the, you <laughs> shot the MLS Eastern Conference Finals, but you're, like, with a M3 team. So, like, how, like, is it just part of the nature of you to, like, shoot anything and everything to help, like you said, like, put – put fuel on the fire or like what is it about because a lot of well i don't know right because i'm not a photographer but i feel like if i had gotten to a certain point like ncaa is like a thing mls is a thing m3 is not really a thing (laughs) you know yeah so i mean like last fall like i was just like I, i i like to explain it this way to people like I could just sit here and wait for opportunities to fall into my lap and, you know, hope which that they would, which they would though. Well, yes and no. It, yes and no. But if I hadn't have done all of that legwork at last fall and last winter, they wouldn't be coming now. No, they would know me. I wouldn't have a portfolio. I wouldn't have like, like such a deep portfolio as, a, as what I have now. Um, like last fall, like a lot of the MLS stuff was me just reaching out to different like media companies and saying, Hey, do you want this game shot? Do you want that game shot? You know, I'd be willing to travel here, travel there. This is my schedule, whatever. And like with the MASL three thing with your Fredericksburg fire team, um, I think that I'd seen something about you guys on Instagram. Oh, we're having a thunderstorm here at the beach. Lovely. Just in time for the podcast. Yeah, just in time. <laughs> ambient God, noise. God didn't want us to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, like with your team, uh, I saw something on Instagram, and I was like, I, I was like, it's the middle of the winter. There aren't many many sports going on, and you know what? I'm, I I could either sit home and do nothing, or I could get a hold of this team, and if they need some photography, you know, I have something to shoot, and I have something to post. And it's something different. You know, I'm not logging on to Instagram and seeing, you know, MASL, any league photos just running rampant. No offense to MASL. No, I mean, there weren't. weren't. Any of that run rampant through my newsfeed. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is something that, like, not a lot of sports photographers have access to, um, you know, because the teams are so sporadically placed throughout the country. 
So I was like, this, you know, this is something that can set me up apart right now. Cause no, you know, all the other photographers in my area are just kind of sitting at home twiddling their thumbs in the middle of February. Yeah. You know, they might be shooting some basketball or whatever, but you know, a lot of the ones that I followed are just posting like pictures of trees and, you know, it's like, can't wait till summer and sports start back up. And pictures it's probably trees. really rude to say, but like I did the same thing. So like, you know, I was going yeah. to do in January hoping that, you know, I'd see a, you know, a tiger or something come out. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's, and, and but the, the, that's what sets me apart, I think, is that, you know, my drive and my work ethic is like, I'm not going to wait for somebody who's never heard of me to maybe hear about me and ask me to come shoot their game and, and hire me. I'm going to get a hold of somebody for it. Yeah. So also, it was good. I thought it was a good endeavor. I wouldn't be on your podcast right now if I hadn't reached out to them. That's true also, for sure. But, you know, then like nowadays we're in the middle of the summer and four days before ECNL San Diego started, I had a club get a hold of me and, and say, Hey, can we, can we bring you out to San Diego with us to, to shoot our games? And I was, I had just gotten back to my uh, parents' house in New York and I'd been there about four days, four or five days. And, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, why not? I'm really not doing anything. I was just going up there for a little like kind of summer vacation, but you know, San Diego is great. And, um, they just wanted me to shoot. They had two teams that went and, uh, they just wanted their games covered. They didn't want any, anything else covered, just their two games. And they said, whatever you do in your free time is up to you. So I was like, well, I can go back to the hotel and sit, or I can walk around and find teams to shoot at ECNL. And I did, and, and it was a really good experience. I expanded my portfolio quite a bit, um, getting to shoot some teams out of different states. Um, I had people walk up to me um, just randomly and say, you know, are you with a tournament? And I said, no, I'm just a, a freelance photographer. I'm here with a club. And, uh, you know, they paid me right on the spot to come shoot their games that afternoon. That's awesome. So that was pretty cool. But that's, you know, you know, if I hadn't taken that initiative to get out there, then, you know, those opportunities wouldn't have come. So, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think a lot of the people that I find that are in like, uh, are you doing photography full time? Yes. Yep. So a, a lot of the people that are in like, whether, whether it's like part time, but could become full time soon or like full time that aren't in like the nine to five world. Like, um, I had, um, Aisha on the podcast, she's, she quit her job, I think a year ago or something like that to do personal training full time. Like all the people that are doing that sort of thing, the, the drive and the work ethic that they all have to like, is it's nuts. Like for you, the, the travel schedule as well, like, cause you're based out of somewhere that's, I don't know, can I say city generally? Yeah. Like out of Virginia beach to drive up to Fredericksburg. And then to drive up to a high school up in Loudoun County where I went, um, Briarwoods, and then out to San Diego. And then, like, up to, I don't know, where, like, you've been, like, anywhere and everywhere up to New York, right, for, for Syracuse. Like, that's nuts. Like, I don't mind traveling generally, but I think I might mind that much. <laughs> I, let's put it this way. I've been to 13 different states in 2022. 
Yeah, no, you're so. killing it. Like you've been you've been everywhere. Like every time I see a new shoot pop up or a new like something pop up on your thing, it's in a different place, and I'm like, Jesus, rich dude, like do you. <laughs> Like traveling, bro. It's like it takes a lot out of you for sure. It, it does. Um, I ended up getting TSA pre-check, which I highly recommend to anyone who travels like frequently. Yeah. You get to it's it's just like cutting the line for a roller coaster. You yeah. just go to the left and you go past all the people who have been standing in line for an hour and they grit their teeth at you and they give stare daggers at you and you just kind of smile with your suitcase and walk up by because <laughs> you're like, I get to cut the line. Oh, that was the best thing I ever did this year was was finally get TSA pre-check and um after I think I'm like I, I've definitely gotten the the urge to fly out of my system after being grounded for like two years because of COVID. Yeah. Everything. Um, you know, it was, it was exciting at first at the beginning of this year to be able to fly and travel again and and uh and do all that. But I think now like that little bit of like Christmas morning excitement is gone from it. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of dread leaving, but like once I'm gone and there, it's okay. Yeah. But the travel is definitely, you know, Help. when I, when I flew back from ECNL San Diego, I mean, I, I got off the plane, got in my car and drove from DC all the way back to New York that like right off of a five and a half hour flight, I drove, you know, six hours home. Yeah. Home to there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got up the next eight o'clock the next day I was shooting something. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely grueling, but I also enjoy the flexibility that being my own boss, uh, creates. It was scary at first to be like, this is the only thing I'm going to do. I mean, I do other things as well. Like I coach and, and, uh, you know, I supplement my income that way as well. But, um, you know, I, I give people who work like a regular nine to five and quit that to do something else um, and work for themselves, like a personal trainer or photographer or any kind of anything like that. I give them major props because that's that's way scarier than me just coming out of like, you know, the COVID era or whatever of like un- unemployment and then going into photography. It wasn't it wasn't that, you know, oh, okay. that scary. But I could imagine quitting a nine to five where you have stable income, like, you know, for us, for creatives and, and people who do personal training and things like that, like it's, it's scary to not have um, like a set income. Like I I don't have a set yearly salary. My income is what my ambition and determination allows. Also with some luck with being able to book clients and whatnot. Yeah. it's it's interesting though because like you can you see the number go up based on the work that you put in and like that for me is a cool thing like even on the podcast right like i'm not making hardly anything but like i see i'm like all right here goes another episode and the number goes up and it's like yes i'm like working like today like i had a like stupid long week and i was almost like rich you know i just maybe we move it but i need one i like i need one for monday and so i was like nope, i might have done that to you last week well, we won't. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> but it, but it's like no. But it's like the thing where it's like you know what? It's fine. I get to talk to to my friend, and then we like it's fine. Like this is not as bad as like if if I had to do something like this for some boss somewhere, like I'd be oh, geez. but like the flexibility, like you're saying, and then but also you have to have the discipline to make sure you get it done. Like I think somebody said. um 
like as generally as people, it's like you're a horrible employee and a worse boss, like of yourself. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's, like, it's like you tell yourself to do things and then you don't do it. Exactly. And, yeah. And so it's the, the discipline. As I say, not as I do, is that how it goes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it's, it's the discipline to get it done because you don't have anybody else telling you is is you. It's only you and you have to do it. And like, it would be, it would have been so easy for you to get off the, the plane in DC and just like crash somewhere and Absolutely. not, not want to like drive up there. It was like, you make yourself do it. And that's, a, that's another thing though, where it's like, I don't know. I feel like for stuff like that, especially if you really enjoy it, then it's not like, it sucks, but it, like, it doesn't really suck. <laughs> so. There's moment. there's moments that suck. Yeah. When I'm sitting at the airport waiting for my flight because it's delayed for an hour, it sucks. That that blows. And like people don't people don't think of those parts of, of like our jobs and um you know no, as, a, nobody as a creative does. people just see the end result. They don't see everything else that went into it. So when I go to San Diego, they think that I just like clicked my heels three times and popped up in San Diego somewhere for the week. Yeah. And, and, you know, I take my camera out and I shoot and then magically they appear on a website somewhere. And like, nobody knows that like that one photo might've taken me 10 minutes to, to edit and process on my computer because there could have been, you know, eight different things that I could have done to that picture to get to that final outcome. Yeah. And, or even like you know, editing something like the software crashes or like the computer exactly. turns off or like, for me, I've had episodes where like, so the way that Zoom recording works, it like has a default path to where it saves to, and it like overwrote one of the old ones. And I was like, dude, just like, why, <laughs> like, like, why does this happen? I had to go fix that, and then like, I shot a game for ODU men's soccer last fall. Uh-huh. I took the SD card out of my camera, put it into my computer, and somewhere in between those two steps, all of the pictures erased, every single one of them for that game. That's that was impressive, Rich. Two hours shooting that game had, I don't know, four or 500 pictures on my SD card and boom, gone in, in the 10 seconds it took me to pop it out of one and into the other. And I, and to this day, I have no idea what happened. I didn't do anything like different from my normal process. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. And I was so furious that night. I just was like, I'm never shooting another game again. <laughs> yeah, techn- technology I, huh? I was like i'll get a new job like i i was just like i'm surprised this desk is intact still because my fist must have pounded on this desk a hundred times it was just as if that we were going to make the pictures yeah i'd have been and and it's one of those things where it's like you can't get it back that that like that feeling of like it's like you can't it's just, it's, just utter it's, frustration yeah and I'm just like i wanted to cry afterwards because i'm like I literally, like, I had, like, half the team, because I had been shooting them for them for a while at that point, and, like, half the team was DMing me, like, hey, you got those pictures up? That's like, the no, other thing. No, that, I like, don't. It's, it's flattering that they, like, want to see your photos, but then at the same time, it's so annoying when I'm selfish in the bastards. parking lot still, and I'm getting DMs that are like, hey, do you know about when the pictures are going to come up? I'm like, bro. The same, the same day? you even made it to the locker room? Yeah. And, like, here's the thing is, like, come when I shoot a game... And if I'm within like an hour of my apartment, like I'll put the pictures up that night. So yeah. like, it's not far fetched for them to, to wonder if they're going to be up that night. Cause I normally get them up the same night and which that work ethic is just like next level stupid. Cause as in like crazy on my part, cause no, fuck, like, no, fuck that. That's, cool. that's no, that's like, 
I don't think so. I disagree. Because then it's not hanging over your head for the next day. That is that's, true. That's what I, I would do. I mean, my, my idea behind it is that a lot of these guys, especially during high school season, are playing two to three times a week. Yeah. So, like, when they play on a Monday and their next game is Wednesday, when Wednesday comes around, they don't care about the pictures from Monday. They want Wednesday's pictures at that point. So, well, like, that's I have a higher probability bastards. of seeing my work posted if I get them out that night. Yeah, no, that's true. They'll post them that night. They'll post them the next day. But once they get to that next game, you know, some of them might care. But the majority of them are like, oh, on to the next one. You know, where's the yeah. picture tonight? Especially if it's a bigger game or a bigger win or, you know, the circumstances are just different for that game. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that, it's just it's so annoying when I'm, I'm in my car and I've only been gone for the stadium like five minutes. And it never fails. <laughs> Somebody always does it. Yeah, I have hey, to. Hey, Rich, you have those pictures to. up yet? I'm no. like, I don't just snap them. They just magically appear on the Internet after I take them, like, I have to oh, at least sure. get my butt a chair at home and, and post them. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I would try to – I think I tried to wait at least a day or two before I would message you about fire games. Yours, like, your indoor soccer is the worst to shoot only glass, because it right? takes so long to process when I get oh, back because yeah. there's so much noise because, like, the lighting in there is awful. And any any – I've not been to one indoor place – where photography-wise, the lighting is good. No. no. They have all these, like, fluorescent, like, nasty-colored lights. It makes things look orange. And you have to, like, go in and, like, process each picture instead of just, like... So I have, I have presets um, mm-hmm. that I've made just based on the way that I edit certain sports. So, like, I can just go in and, and click on my presets and click soccer and, and scroll through five or six of my presets and apply them to my photos. And then I crop them, you know, to just make the picture more dynamic and then you know i move on but with indoor i've got to go in and like fix the noise smooth things out so they don't look all grainy and pixelated and that's the glass is the glass annoying as well uh yeah so when i think the first time i went to shoot you guys they tried to tell me i had to sit behind the plexiglass and i was like so you don't want good pictures tonight who told you that I don't remember who said it, but I, it was someone, I don't know. Uh, we, I tell, asked first. Tell me, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to miss, uh, misquote myself by telling you the wrong person, but I uh, know that like, I was like, really? And then we, uh, I think it was at the final as well. They tried to tell me I wasn't going to be in the box and I just went and asked someone else and they were like, yeah, you can go in the box. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> It's like when, when you're a kid and you ask mom for something and she says yeah. no, and then you go ask dad and he says yes. Yeah, for sure. Just stick with the better of the two answers. Yeah, always, every time. Speaking of the indoor pictures, um, some there's a design for a shirt based on one of your pictures. I'll oh, text really? it to you. Actually, let me text it to you now before I forget because yeah, every time I say that. in the middle of a podcast that I'm going to send some like somebody somebody something, I rarely do. <laughs> You might forget. Uh, oh, always. Let me, hold on, let me send it. Hey, if I, if I have this, like, if I'm looking somebody or something up on social media and I click on someone's post first and then I go back to the search bar, sometimes I forget who I'm trying to, like, look up or what I'm doing, so. Yeah, yeah, it's like scatterbrain. Yeah, I just send it to you. But, yeah, it's, like, yeah, the indoor, it's cool. It's not even, like, soccer, to be honest. It's more like hockey. Um, I tell people, like, who come to watch who don't like soccer. Well, that's so dope. I remember that picture too. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a great picture. 
Um, going on a t-shirt yeah yeah i'll I'll talk to you about it afterwards like what like what's going on with that but it's a, it's a cool thing um that we're that we're gonna try and do next season um yo maybe i'll be a sleep sponsor <laughs> baby baby well the guy that drew it actually like i didn't draw it the guy that drew it is like also super talented shout out terrence um but uh actually he's also from virginia beach as well but um but yeah, I tell like indoors like is a totally different game. Like people who don't like soccer, who can like who came to watch are like, this is so much better. <laughs> it's like, well, well, it's so, yeah. it's so fast paced, and I think that that's like a lot of like non soccer people. That's their biggest gripe is they like they don't they they don't get it and they can't keep an attention span for ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you know, there's not many changes going on out there. Not a lot of coaches will use all of their subs, and it's just kind of you know, that kind of turns people away from soccer. They don't understand it. I'm like, have you ever watched a baseball game? Like, that stuff is so boring. (laughs) It's it's such, like, a long period of time. And I've had shot baseball before, but I I will say I've never stayed for an entire one. I always bug out in the fourth or fifth inning. And I feel so bad for, like, the pitchers and people who go in, like, later on in the game because, like, they never One inning at the end, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know like the, the other thing with, with outdoor soccer though it's like it's slow to to watch but if you're at a high level like it's so fast in the field like every movement is like so purposeful and specific and like oh absolutely for, for like, those of us who understand it yeah 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 but those simpletons who don't they don't appreciate it. You're gonna get us both in trouble. <laughs> That's You're like, why'd that guy just spin around in a circle with a ball on his head? <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, no. Have you found travel since COVID? Like, every time I've flown, I've gone through the lines like really quick. Have you found that also? Like, I've flown, I think, like four times maybe since COVID happened, and I've always got through like really, really quickly. Yeah, I don't know I, if that's I like when Vegas, I fly my or... pre-check didn't post on my ticket. Yeah. So I had to go through the, the normal line and I think it only took like fifteen minutes. Yeah. So that was that was rather good. And that was I think it was like eight, nine o'clock in the uh, in the morning on a Friday. And usually I guess that would be a busy time. Yeah. And travelers and stuff. But you know, I, I think that um it depends on where you're going and where you're flying out of as well. Mm-hmm. Um I try to go for nonstop flights just because I hate like deplaning and then getting back on and layovers. Layovers are the worst. I'm a I'm a spoiled traveler, I guess. <laughs> but uh, you know, tra- traveling post COVID is definitely definitely different. Um, I would say that I like it more, honestly. Number, I do. I, I I enjoy it. I hadn't flown in a while before COVID, but I think going to like Canada is annoying now because they like they track you. So I went to Canada a few weeks ago. I was doing, uh, I was doing senior pictures and they have you like download this app on your phone called arrive Canada. And you have to like put the address of where you're going and how long you're going to be there. Uh, what's the name and the contact information for the people you're going to be with and all this stuff. And like, mm. I was like, geez, that's like so invasive. And I think I'm not going there anytime soon. <laughs> well, I'm like, you know, what if I change my mind and, and you know, well, then if, you're going to jail. What if my friends don't want to be like listed on some app where they're probably going to like third party sell your information and stuff? 
that's I don't know that for a fact. Let me just give that disclaimer. But I'm just saying that. It's I mean, just... it's it's a it's an educated guess with a very high probability of being right. <laughs> And exactly. uh, if you don't do that, then you're going to jail with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So, you know, yeah, they, so, they I mean, ride horses and eat maple syrup. So what could go wrong? <laughs> and bear claw. I had a bear claw for the first time while I was there. So that was. Ooh, how was that? Oh, it was, it was very good. Not good for my diabetes, but like good <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, if you couldn't tell, I just I have self-deprecating humor. So like I'm an equal opportunist. I'll pick on. You, I'll pick on anyone. I'll pick on myself as well in the same please, breath. Too. Please do. Everyone gets these jokes, man. Everyone gets these jokes. But no, uh, tra- travel's intra. I would say, like, it's still 50-50 with people who wear masks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wear a mask at the airport and the plane uh, just because I'm in close proximity with a lot of people that I just don't know. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I wouldn't call it, like, a fearful thing, but, you know, I just, I guess I feel more comfortable just putting the mask on and, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. I guess I'm just more like germ conscious since COVID and, uh, you know, I still keep hand sanitizer in my car and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but yeah, it's like 50, 50 split right now with people who wear masks, people who don't, um, yeah. the tra- but I would say overall the travel is much, me, much easier and whatnot since COVID. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say so. You know, was, and like I said, it depends on where you're going and when you're going. You know, my flight to Vegas was absolutely packed. I don't think mm-hmm. they I think they said it was completely sold out. There wasn't a single seat on the entire uh, plane. It was a huge plane too. Um, I mean, it was it was packed. It took forever to get to board because people are people, <laughs> and uh, you know they stand in the aisles fidgeting with their luggage, and there's like a line of fifty people waiting to get by them. And, the so self-awareness it, is just it's crazy it, it, it people are so self-absorbed but uh yeah no for photography it's it's been fun to travel again and have a like a legitimate reason to travel not just for fun and whatever but I think what I have started doing with traveling versus last fall where I would just go to a gig and then you know as soon as the sun came up I was leaving and going home is like spending an extra day and 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 finding those moments of time where I can just spend those moments myself. And uh, I carry a 35 millimeter film camera with me uh, when I go and I just do like street photography shots with that and, and just anything that I see. So when I was in San Diego, uh, I spent some time in La Jolla, which is Mm -hmm. a little beach village. And uh, they just have like just this really cool architecture in their uh, buildings. And it's just this little coastal beach town. And I was taking pictures of the buildings with a 35 millimeter um, I did the same thing when I was in Boston earlier this year. Um, I was in St. Augustine, Florida, and I just walked around um, and did the same thing I did in Vegas. So I think like that's been a pretty cool thing that I try to incorporate into all of my uh, my gigs when I travel. Is just I want to find even if it's just two or three hours, you know, just find that time for me for myself, and I can just walk around and. Um, you know, if I want to shoot photos, I'll shoot photos with my 35 millimeter. If I don't, I just leave it in there. I just walk around and just enjoy my surroundings, being in a new place. Um, you know, like I said, I've been all up and down the eastern coast this year. I've been out to Vegas and California. Um, and it's just nice to be able to to spend that time and have that little bit of time that you keep to yourself. And Yeah. San Diego, I didn't have a whole lot of time to myself. I was shooting between three and six games a day. 
and they were full 90-minute games. Yeah. That was crazy. I had to shoot LAFC while I was out there. Yeah, I saw those. That was cool. So, that was the night that they uh, they presented Cialini to the LAFC supporters. Oh, very nice. So I was one week shy of Gareth Bale being there. One week. One week. <laughs> uh, you almost had it. I think that's really important, though, that you take time to do that because that's how you learn, like, a lot of new things. Like, I, the more that I travel, the more uh, – I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Like, not educated, but, like, I don't know. The more, like – more aware you become of, Yeah, like, aware. That's a good word. And... Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's really important that, like, there's people everywhere doing all sorts of different things and, like, to just understand that that exists is, I think, a very underrated um, skill. I don't know. It's, it's not a skill, but it's a very underrated uh, thing to, like, have as part of your toolbox as a person, I guess. Um, so as, that's really cool that you've had the awareness to actually go about and do that, even, like, even though it's, like, you enjoy it. But, like, you've made, a, you've made a point of emphasis to do it, though. Exactly. And I think it's important as well to like have moments like that to yourself. Just there's a lot, you know, mental health is a big thing these days um, as it should be. And just it with working with primary, primarily athletes that wow, one of the biggest things I see is fatigue and burnout. And mm-hmm. I think that and just, you know, having conversations about mental health with athletes and stuff. That's like that's one of the things that they do is they have that time where they can recharge and it's different for everybody. Some people it might just be they need one day to themselves and then they're good to go for the next hundred years. But you know, other people need more time and need time, you know, more frequent times to themselves and time to recharge and, and build that back up. So yeah. I you know, I make sure that I build that time into my schedule. Normally it's Mondays. Um, <laughs> I don't like Mondays, so I, I try not to, I try not to work on Mondays, to be honest with you, but, uh, <laughs> and you can Definitely call it the worst day. day, you can just call it a lazy day, you can call it whatever you want, but I just don't like Mondays, I don't believe in Mondays, so, yeah. but, uh, you know, there's a lot of buzzer about, uh, about the work week going down to four days. Yeah, days we'll see how, we'll see how that goes, I don't really know, like, how... I don't really know. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on with, like, the big companies pushing different things, and I don't really know how that'll end, how that'll turn out. I think probably the tech, the big tech companies might try it here and there, and then maybe it'll trickle down to people, but I don't know. It's It'd be yeah. weird. I would definitely say it would be weird. Well, I don't even, I don't think it, I don't, I mean, it would be weird for most people, but I don't know, like, for like, even... Mm, let me not say that um but yeah like like you're saying like no nah, mental health is, is huge especially for student like athletes generally but student athletes as well like i think if i played soccer in college i probably would not be playing right now like with fire um and so that's I, a real thing and, and with kids yeah. with club soccer the amount that like coaches demand i mean i i coach club soccer so i, I know how much i demanded out of my athletes and i know how much more coaches these days are demanding out of athletes and, and just fatigue and burnout injury, you know, playing yeah. high school soccer is archaic with playing three games a week. No, it's not train every day in between. Like 
it's it's crazy the amount and then and then people wonder why you know a lot of athletes are having mental health issues so i don't know i just thought it would be important to bring that up and no so it is it's, it's important to take time for yourself when you need it and, and to say like it's not being selfish to say that i need a day or i need two days or you know no, i need, not I need at all. time to appropriately recharge the battery well, because coaches let players do the same thing physically. They're like, hey, coach, I need a day off, like yep. my ankles, whatever. And it's like, all right, fine. And the same thing should be there mentally because, like, so much of the game is mental anyways. Like, if you're not there, you're not going to play well. But also, I think part of the problem with how hard the athletes are being pushed now is the level is so high to get to, like, the, the top professional, like, it's so, so high. Like the amount of players that are in like the M3 sort of UPSL, USL2 level, like, like there's so many that are vying for those USL championship spots. And then, but then to make the jump to like a good MLS player or like to go overseas, like the difference in the, like the level is so high for a lot of those players that it's almost like well the number have, of spots for them that, are not yeah. many either yeah you no know, the pool yeah. is this big but the number of spots is this many spots so well even if you go past like high school soccer is like all the way out here and then you get like usl2 like mpsl level and then like that's like the that's what people want is that little like that little sliver and then the difference is like not that big between like the lower ends of MLS, like some guy that like bounces around teams or like a USL championship type player versus a USL, like it's not that big, but to, to make the jump, like you, the thing is that people don't understand or that I think people don't understand is like, Oh, why aren't you playing somewhere else? Like, well, cause you have to be better than the person that's in that spot. You can't be the same cause they already have that person there. Like you have to be a, like a noticeable upgrade. And you have to bring be, something else to the table. Yeah. And to be that noticeable upgrade, you almost have to be ready to, to play at the level above where you're going at because like there's so many players that are at that level already within the pool. I should say like the amount of players of players that have played soccer in their lives, the amount of players that get to like the USL two like type level is very small, but like, yeah, I don't know. And, and so people like, Oh, it's my dream. It's like, yes, but also like be a realistic, I don't know. It's, it's a very difficult balance. As, as support day. people, like people who are supporting, like you want to push people to like chase their dreams, like for you, like you, you're a photographer and you've done it, but like, there's going to be somebody who's like, just not cut out to like be their own, but like, not just, there's something is missing and you got to like help them, but also be like, Hey, maybe don't do that. It's like, exactly. it's, it's very difficult. And that's, that's how I honestly, when I, when I coached high school and I coached club, that's kind of the approach that I took to that was that, you know, a lot of, I don't have kids, so far be it for me to give parenting advice, but a lot of parents will fill their kids' heads with, you know, you're the best, you're the greatest, and that's fine to an extent. You have to yeah. be realistic with people, and especially with your kids, because these kids are growing up thinking like, you know, they can, they can do the impossible and achieve anything, which is totally fine, but then they don't do the work. To, to get to there they just think mm-hmm. that they, they deserve things and you know any one of my athletes will tell you that I hate that word deserved you earn everything 
You know, you deserve to have a roof over your head. You deserve to have food and water and a good home and loving parents and whatever. And that's yeah. it. You have to earn the rest of it. Yeah, and, 100%. Uh, you know, my athletes will be the first one to tell you, like, I the first year I coached high school soccer, I had a kid come up to me and be like, oh, I want to play D1 soccer. And it's like, it took me a few days, but I had to have the harsh chat with him that he wasn't good enough to play D1, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I didn't say it like that, but... You know, it was more of like a, maybe we can adjust what your end goal is. Yeah. You know? And then the kid went on and played, um, I think he played like a Juco at a Juco college and that was the highest he went with it. Yeah. But, but that's fine. You know, like, that's and, fine. and that's right. And that's fine. But somebody had to have that chat mm-hmm. with him because whoever was chatting with him before, you know, was filling yeah. his head with these things and you're 16 years, 17 years old and like, you know, you've got to you've got to have an immense amount of work because those guys playing D one soccer have been playing at a high level since they were in diapers. Yeah. So you you've got to you've got to do the work if you want to achieve things like like I have goals and I have dreams and I have visions with photography. You know, I I want to go shoot a Premier League game, but I know that there's a lot of work that I have to do between where I am now and getting to that spot. You know, and I I have a whiteboard right here in my office and it has things on it. And it's one thing to like manifest and do things like that. But when, when you're manifesting for something, you, you have to do the work and you have to put in the work to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, I want to shoot a Premier League game. I deserve to shoot a Premier League game because I'm a photographer and that's what I want. Like, no, I have to go and put the, you know, put the work in and, and build up a good enough portfolio and, you know, take the necessary steps in order to get that. So I think that that, um, that kind of goes right in hand with how we started the conversation. I was talking about, you know, opportunity just kind of falling into people's laps and, mm-hmm. and whatever. Like I, I just, I don't wait. Like I, I want to make things happen. And, you know, out of the hundreds of things I've emailed, you know, out to people, you know, I've been told no quite a few times, you know, yeah. no, no, thank you. We don't need anybody. We have somebody else blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, any, I could let any one of those affect me and in a negative way and, and, you know, and just quit and give up and I can go back to, you know, doing office work like I used to as an administrative assistant, but, you know, I'm not going to let that deter me. You know, I'm just going to, that's, that's fuel on the fire to me. Yeah. All well, those, it has, it has those to be. I know before, like, you know, they, they can, <laughs> I can wave to him from the Chelsea game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but also like if you don't email them, it's the same as if they said no. So you might as well do it. Right. And I was in like, no worse. I'm, I'm in no worse a spot now than I was before I asked them. No, it's Except exactly. Now I know the answers. <laughs> well, that and, and then later, if they ever need somebody, you've put yourself out there in a position where maybe down the line might be like, Hey, uh, I know we said no last time, but, uh, Maybe next time? Question mark. Yeah. Like, well, yes. That has happened. And I just kind of had a little quiet laugh to myself. I won't tell you who it was because I just said that I laughed at them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hopefully, they, hopefully they don't listen to this. And, uh, probably probably not. not. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just, it's, you know, it, it's been, it's been quite the journey. Um, you know, we talked couple times now about charlotte and chelsea that was kind of a a, a dream match yeah. um, i'm i'm a huge christian Pulisic fan um 
you know, I watched him back when he played at Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously now he plays for Chelsea, which I'm a Tottenham supporter. So gross. <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. I don't even I I, I don't have a bone to pick. We're gonna have a good I, season. I watched the All or Nothing, and I actually was like, oh, you know, they're not so bad. Hey, I'm saying it right now on what's the date? July 29th. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we're winning Champions League right now. Up the Spurs this season. This coming Champions League, you're season, out of your mind. You're you're out of your mind. You heard it first on World All XP right. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, clip it. I'll clip it and send it to you next June sixth yeah. or whenever the final is. When you guys have go, when you guys have got knocked out in the like round of sixteen oh, or whatever. Stop it! Stop it! Uh, just, I'm just I'm just messing. Well, actually, uh, let's no, show, it, was, it was definitely let's... so. It was fun. Christian Pulisic was walking ten yards in front of me. Yeah, for the pitch for warm up, and I just. In those moments too, um, I, I I like to just take a moment and just look at my surroundings, take a deep breath, and 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 breathe it, all, take it all in because it's just it's really cool. <laughs> I don't really yeah. know how else to describe it. It's really simple, but no. Well, let's let's talk so about cool. the game. Like, let's talk about the game because you were in there and all the like uh, Mount, Reese, James, Pulisic, like all these guys are right there. So like. Walk walk through, like you get to the stadium, and then, well, actually, this is a good time to to talk about this, anyways. But how does the like actual process work? Like you get to the stadium, and then like what happens for for so, like an MLS style or like a bit not like one of ours, but like an actual thing. Yeah. So like, um, if they're a good club like Charlotte, they are uh, good as in like they're well organized and they take care of their people. Yeah. Uh, they give you a parking pass. Um, I've actually gone to some MLS stadiums where I paid eighty dollars to park my car. I mean, we can narrow it down. You've only so, been to a handful of stadiums, so yeah. <laughs> Shout out DC United. Oh, it was them. Call uh, them out. No, that's uh, not that's not really surprising though, if we're being honest. DC parking is just wild, anyway. That's yeah, a yeah, whole other is. podcast episode. It is. Um, but uh, so you get to the stadium, you park. And you have to go up to a certain gate. They, you know, they'll designate. They send you a big long email the night before, and you know it's usually pages along, um, you know, outlining outlining what they want you to do when they, when you get there, where you're supposed to go. So I like to get there just probably 30 minutes before I need to be there. Um, and they usually let you in 90 to 120 minutes early, um, but uh, I like to get there 30 minutes early just to give myself time to find where I'm supposed to park. Um, parking is not always labeled the best. <laughs> so, um, but then you go to the gate, you show your ID, you tell them who you are, who you're shooting for. Um, and then you get, um, a credential. I don't even, uh, mine are sitting all the way over there. Um, but just, a, you know, badge, some of them have your picture on it. Some it's just your name. Um, and like all their security gets briefed on like what color is allowed on what floor and in what parts of the venue and whatever. So, like, if you're not where you're supposed to be, which has happened to me more times than I care to admit because I just don't know where I'm going. And, like, all these people who shoot for these things, most of them, like, shoot every home game so they know right where to go. They know the inner workings of the stadium. You know, I end up, like, you know, somewhere down some hallway where I'm not supposed to be. And um, some I was in uh, in Boston and I'd never shot at the, um, at, at uh, Gillette stadium where the Patriots play. Mm-hmm. 
And I ended up right in front of the Patriots locker room door. And like, we were supposed to be down the hallway. And the security guy came running up to me as if I was like trying to break into the locker room. And he was like, you're not supposed to be down here. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so lost. <laughs> so, uh, but they, you know, they, they have you go up to the press box. They, most of them feed you a free meal. Um, some sort of like, you know, box dinner or something. And there's water and stuff up in the press box. And walking into the press box, I would say, still is really cool because, like, you get to see the list of, like, who all is there. And they each have, like, a certain uh, spot at the table um, or tables around the around the press box. So, you know, there's always, like, ESPN and Fox News and, like, all these just big name, you know, Getty Images, those kinds of, uh, those kinds mm-hmm. of people. So it's cool just kind of like looking down through the list and being like, oh, this is what this person's here for and whatever. Um, And then normally they have like a a separate photo workspace, um, which is usually like in kind of the dungeons of the stadium. Um, Some some corner hole in the wall, little room for us photographers. But, uh, you know, they've got internet access in there and, and outlets and plugs for everything so you can charge your stuff up. And, uh, you know, you get to talk to people, eat your, eat your dinner before the game, you hop out on the field. Some state, LAFC had like a sign seating for everybody around the stadium. So you basically had to like find your name on the wall to see like what number and then go find the panel on the LED light boards that go around the field. On the reverse side, it had like a little piece of tape with like a number on it and then the stool in front of it. So you had to go like find your spot around there. Um, so like the spots that were like right around the goal, that's like for your your bigger photographers, you know, your Getty images and ES and all that stuff. And then like up the touchline, you know, some far, far out spot was me. (laughs) But uh, um, yeah, so you just go out and like, you know, I'm very extroverted in case you can tell. Um, Ah, no no way, dude. I didn't used to be. I used to be very introverted. But uh I just, I'll sit down and I'll start talking to somebody. If they, if, if they make the mistake of making eye contact with me, I'll start talking to them. So <laughs> that's, that's their first mistake. But uh, it's just, it's, it's surreal. And, and like I said, I like just sitting there for a minute and just taking it all in and like just, just watching the game for a couple of minutes. I, you know, I'll set my camera down on my lap. And I'll just watch, you know, I'm still a fan of soccer and, and uh it's it's fun. They let um you can take videos on your phone for like the first fifteen minutes of each half. Uh, I don't really know why that's a designated time period, but I guess it's to prevent you from like recording the whole game or whatever. But you know, I just take little like short videos that I can make reels with because mm-hmm. Instagram's impossible these days, and you have to post reels if you want to get your stuff seen. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, notice that. Yeah. Again, that's another topic for another day. But, uh, yeah, so I take little short videos that I can, like, attach with my photos and stuff and make funny little reels or whatever. And um, and then you just you shoot the game. You know, everybody's there. Depending on who you're shooting for, um, some media outlets don't care. They just want photos of the game. Um, some will task you with, like, you know, they want certain players. They want this, that, or whatever from the team or – you know, they, they might have an assignment for you. So that's all you're shooting. Um, I met a guy and, and he just shoots the supporter section for the whole team. So he, he walks right up into the supporter section and is right there. They're like lighting the smoke bombs and 
banging on the drums and that's what he shoots he should, and, and he's very good at it you know when mm-hmm. when i look at his photos it looks like i'm right there in the supporter Ooh. section and like right in the thick of things and it's it's so cool and i'm not so good at those kinds of shots that's something that i want to i want to work on is is shots like that but you know when i when i'm there i'm just shooting the game i'm following the ball um you know if i go to a I don't know, New York Revs game, and then the other team ends up having more possession, then I'm just going to turn and start shooting the other team. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough that the media outlets that I've shot for, they just want photos of the game. Yeah. So, you know, when I went to FC Dallas, I went to the supporters' uh, tailgate before the game, and I shot them playing cornhole and frisbee and marching to the stadium with the smoke flying mm-hmm. high above yeah, them. Yeah, those, those are good shots as well. That was that was a lot of fun walking into the stadium with them and and uh, this the Charlotte Chelsea game last week. Can't believe it's been like a week and a half already. Yeah. Um, that one I got there and we went into like a ninety minute thunder delay before warm up started. So that was kind of you know that was difficult and frustrating because they made everyone go inside the concourse and wait. But uh, when we went out for warm ups, I mean. Christian Pulisic was standing 10 yards in front of me, stretching and warming up for the game. Wild. You know, crazy. Mason Mount walks right by. Mm-hmm. You know, their manager walks right by. I'm taking a video facing this way, and I start to pan the shot, and their whole um, coaching staff just starts walking out from the tunnel, walks right by me. That's sick, dude. He's, a, like, he's a big guy, isn't he? He Triple? is. He is. He is um, you know who's not is Pulisic. I was actually. No, he's tiny, like, dude. You know, no offense. I love Christian Pulisic. I, you know, not that he's going to see me knocking on him or anything, but like he's much smaller than I thought in person. Yeah, a lot of them are. Like a lot of the wingers, like forward types, who are super quick, are like are tiny, like in like five eight one fifty range. Yeah, it was. I was. I was genuinely surprised when he walked by me, and I was like, "Man, I'm taller than Christian Pulisic." Like that's yeah. you know that's crazy, but. So skilled, so skilled yeah. on the ball. And he's, uh, I will tell you, as soon as the thunder delay was done, he was the first person on the pitch from either team. Ooh. By, by a solid two to three minutes out there with a ball, just dribbling around, waiting for everybody else to come out. Maybe Tuchel yelled at him and he ran away. <laughs> <laughs> he started that night, so I don't think he's starting today. I think they have a game today. Like a friendly or something. No, true. I don't think I saw his name on. The, I don't think he was on the team sheet at all. But, hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's his, that's his, awesome. It's wild. Yeah, and you can just see when he plays just how much he emotionally invests into the game, and that was so cool mm-hmm. to see. Because there's so like I've had players before for club and for high school who could give two hoots about being there, mm-hmm. and it shows when they go when they're training. It shows when they play. Those are the worst kind of players to work with the worst yeah so you saw them both warm up chelsea versus like and charlotte like right next to each other what what like a lot of people who say oh prem is better it was like yes obviously but like when you watch them warm up and i know it's preseason for chelsea and charlotte's in season but like what are the differences that you saw being like right there up close i think one was in the stadium as a whole and i was actually genuinely surprised that there were more well, vocally, there were more supporters for Charlotte than there were Chelsea. I mean, in the in the teams, like the like the quality of the players. 
I would say like they're it's it's just, it's diff- they're they're both so different. It's just, it's 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 weird because like the quality is different, but like the mm-hmm. way that they warm up seemed very similar. Mm-hmm. They they both like like you could tell both players sets of players were genuinely like invested in trying to win the game. Yeah, I think that Chelsea like they I to me they looked flat almost like I think that they thought it was going to kind of be a walk in the park, and then Charlotte took it to them and ended up beating them in PKs. Mm. And so it was that was interesting to me because I would have thought that like with them being a Premier League side that they would just like you know they they would probably have their way with Charlotte being a first year MLS team you know like they weren't in existence before this year and you know obviously Chelsea's been around for a millennia but yeah. uh, I I think that not that the players took it for granted from Chelsea, but like the, the Charlotte players were definitely more determined and their, yeah. their work ethic was higher, I think. So maybe, you know, maybe the Chelsea players just, you know, kind of sat on their laurels a little bit. Maybe. I think but, if they played again in like three months after Chelsea had a few Prem games, Premier League games under their belt, I think that would not be the same. Yeah, probably. And, and, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea, like you said, they're in preseason. They're here in the States. You know, this is kind of like a – not a for fun thing, but, you know, it's it's not the Premier League. No. You know? So the level of seriousness from them maybe might not have been as great mm-hmm. for Charlotte. You know, Charlotte had nothing to lose. If they lose to Chelsea, like who, who – They're supposed course, to lose. Whatever, you know. But then you see, like, Minnesota United beating Everton for nothing. Well, that's that's because Everton is garbage. Let's <laughs> let's 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 be real here. Let's uh, be real. Hey, Bayern... we, we can still let Bayern Munich beat DC United because you know that's always going to happen in that in that yeah. matchup. But uh, no, I I think that as as different as you may think that they are, mm-hmm. still like for those Charlotte players, this is the highest level that they a lot of them are going to play at. Mm-hmm. And same for the, you know, obviously the Chelsea players. This is the highest level that they can play at. Yeah. So when, when you look at them and they're warming up, it's really not that much different yeah. as you may think because, uh, you know, this is their job. They're getting paid to be out there, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I would say all of them take that, you know, to a serious degree. For sure. Um, but it, it was it was interesting to just listen to the fans in the stadium and, the, you know, the Charlotte chants from their supporters section. And you'd see sections of people for Chelsea or whatever, but um, when Pulisic scored, he actually got booed. It was most boos around the stadium. <laughs> and I was, I was surprised by that. I would have yeah. thought, especially him of all players, you know. Yeah. Maybe you might boo, a, you know, an English national team player or, you know, someone from a different national team pool. But I was like, oh, we're here in the States. He scored first. And all of a sudden, you just hear boo. That's uh, kind of. Funny. I was surprised by that. That that kind of surprised me. Just in general, I thought people yeah. would be cheering for Chelsea because it's you know this of the spectacle of it. But well, they have Charlotte some, fans out there in Charlotte. Charlotte supporter section is like one of the best in the league, isn't it? I think it is. It's the second time that I've seen them. They came uh, up to Richmond to play the Richmond Kickers mm-hmm. in the U.S. Open Cup, and they brought a huge supporter section up from Charlotte for that game. Um, Filled out the stadium. 
pretty much. They did. They, I think they said it was almost a sellout that night, and it was packed. And that that mm. Charlotte supporter section was huge. Yeah, there's one guy who dresses in like a skull, and he has like the the bones on his hand, like the gloves, La Muerta or something like that. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, he's he's at like every game, and like all the if you know Charlotte supporters, you know mm. him. So yeah, giant black and silver sombrero and skull and everything, and and he was at the Richmond Kickers game, and you know, and then I saw him again at that game. But they they have some hardcore supporters out there, and their stadium is beautiful. I took a video up from the press box when there wasn't a single soul in that stadium, and mm-hmm. it was just, it was gorgeous. Yeah, Audi Field is really nice as well. To be honest, Audi's like, cool, but they they have us so far because of COVID protocols. Still, they have us so far back away from the touchline that like oh, I have a large zoom lens, but like I have to like I have to rent a 500 millimeter lens when I go and shoot DC United just because of how far away from the touchline they have us. And they made you pay for parking. Yeah, yeah, for eighty dollars plus the cost to rent a lens. Oh, yeah, geez. shout out DC United. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's fun, and, and that Charlotte Chelsea game was fun. It went down into PKs, mm-hmm. um, off a late Charlotte equalizer. So that was, you know, it was one of those like spectacle games. It was just mm-hmm. a friendly. It was cool to shoot a Premier League team for the first time, but like, and some people would be like, they'd be so set. The next day when I woke up, I was like hungry to go shoot some Premier League soccer. I was like, I've got my first little taste of a Premier League team. Like, I want more. Yeah, for sure. Or <laughs> well, now you've got now you've got like the first shots of it, so it'll hopefully it'll help you get in the door. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I was sending that stuff to to fit, like Christian Pulisic fan pages that have like forty and fifty k followers on Instagram, and they're based out of the UK. They're just like Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, Pulisic fan pages, and they were reposting mm-hmm. and sharing. And he still hasn't seen it, but you know, he might have. You can only do so much someday. Yeah. For sure. What's next for you, dude? Like three to five years. What are you looking at besides shooting prim, Premier League games? <laughs> um, in the in the immediate, I'm shooting for ODU men's soccer this fall, so that'll be that'll be a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a paid gig, so that's also good. Yeah, paycheck. <laughs> but uh, three years from now, I mean, I I want to be more stay i don't want to be a freelance photographer in three to five years i want to do you want to have photographers like for, for you i'm sorry for, do you want to have like photographers working for you do you want to like build your uh, build i think your like thing? later on down the line yeah. I would do that but i would like to like be working for a professional sports team whether it's a soccer team a football team a basketball team that you know that doesn't i don't mind shooting mm-hmm. other sports besides soccer um but i i, I want that stability of like you know, I'm, I'm earning a yearly income and I think later on down the line, it would be cool to, you know, revamp my business and have like photographers shooting. I don't want to say for me. It sounds. Nah, but like they're, they're working, like with, like, they're working under the rich, working with me, you know, yeah, working under the rich images like style yeah. and bring them out for shoots and things. Like I know sports photographers who do a lot of like, like uh portrait style sports photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's seniors, whether it's like professional athletes and so on. And they like, they go in and do like media days and stuff uh, for professional teams. And they, you know, they bring their lighting guy and their, you know, 
assistant photographer and the assistant assistant photographer and things like that. That would be cool, like, later on down the line, um, you know, like, if I want to settle down and have a family and whatnot, that would be probably the route I would go. But I think, like, now, like, in the next three to five years, that'd be a great time to be working for a team and, and travel to away games with them and, and, you know, be there for home games and, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that's kind of my vision. And I just, in the next three or five years until that happens, I'm just going to keep getting freelance gigs and building my portfolio up and taking opportunities as they present themselves and as I earn them. Because, you know, I, I actually just DM'd a team the other day that I wanted to go shoot. And, you know, I have some free time and that's what I want to do. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the vision in three to five years. That's uh, awesome, dude. Fingers crossed it works out for you, man. Yeah. The, hey, the shots are all uh, MLS teams if they want to hit me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm available for hire. <laughs> yeah. Ah, no, that's awesome, man. The the pictures every time they come out, they're always they're always great. The celebrations that you get on on the cameras are always great as well. I know. I trade my teams well, don't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> you did a you did a good job when you texted me that. That was that was I actually I chuckled out loud. I was like, oh, I funny. did tell you that, didn't I? That I trade yeah, well. yeah, that's and I funny. do because that's that's how you get them. And I mean, you know, again, I could be shooting those teams and I could just wait for them to happen to see me on the sideline or before the game starts, I could whisper to them as they go out on the field, Hey, I'm going to be in this corner, this half and that corner next half. Come find me. Yeah. No, it worked. It worked. You got some great shots. Dude, there was a JV team that I shot for and they, uh, <laughs> I, I told them this over the course of a couple games and uh-huh. they finally got it, but then they would celebrate the first couple of goals and then they'd start trying to celebrate the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth goals they were scoring. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'd have to go hide in the opposite corner on their defensive side. Oh my God. This kid, I, there's one kid. He told, he told me all season, I know how to do a backflip and he never remembered to do it for a goal. So when does he do it? When he scores the eighth goal of the game, he comes over and does a backflip in front of me. And then I like look to my side and I see the away team's bench is all glaring at me and staring daggers at me. Nah. As if it was my fault. Wow. I was like, I was like, no, you don't celebrate the eighth goal. You just run backwards and clap your hands. Yeah. <laughs> they'll but learn. No, they'll learn. Fun. They'll learn one day. They'll learn one day. They will. I've got some interesting celebrations. There's still a few. I want the that knee slide. The Fortnite dance from like 30 yards away is definitely <laughs> top top three. I think it has to that, be. That is right up there in the top. That is, that was, that was funny. Cause I, um, to give some context to that, it wasn't just like that just, you know, happened to be, you know, I guess the other team was talking a little smack to our guys during the day. So when he scored, I think it was the opening goal of the game on them. That was, that was the response was, let me, let me do a 30, 30 yard, take the L day. It was so funny. It was so <laughs> funny. The video is the video on your Instagram somewhere. It it is, I believe. Yeah, for those for like those listening, go find it on his Instagram. And, uh, yeah. And from my angle. That yeah. Was, <laughs> shout out for, to Anthony with the uh, Fortnite. Games. <laughs> yeah, for those listening, go find it. Nobody huh? else wanted to celebrate on that team for the longest time, and Anthony was like, "I'll celebrate." He did all sorts of crazy things for celebrations. I mean, that kid was he. He's also the kid that hit the gritty with a ski mask. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Out. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Oh. If only they were all fearless like him. That, uh, that, that kid's 
he's he's something else for sure, even just from from the pictures. But Rich, we've been chatting for almost an hour and a, or it's been an hour and a half at this point. It's flown by. It has actually. That's crazy. I know. Um, and I think the celebration talk for those listening that want to go see the gritty and the Fortnite dances, go on Rich's Instagram and find it. Uh, links for that will be all in the description. Um, it's in the thing, but I think at at its rich images, right? For on everything. Yep, everything except for Facebook. Facebook is rich images photo, but yeah, That's fine. It's all linked. Yeah, so we'll we'll figure it out. I appreciate your time, man. This was a great conversation. Learned a lot as well. The grind is the grind is real. Got to do what you got to do. Hundred percent. With that, guys, we will see you guys next time. Peace.